Tyler's message is the word. When God created humans, he took uh, a huge risk. He, he gave us the power of choice. He, he made us free moral agents. Here, here's a little clip about choice. Let's watch. Choices. We make them every day. Some are small and some are big. Left or right. Right or wrong. Lust or love. Gossip or truth. Deceit or honesty. Panic or prey. Worry or peace. Integrity or dishonesty. Your will or God's will. Who you are today for good or bad all comes down to the choices you have made along the way. The decisions we make affect our lives 10, 15, 20 years from now. A choice made today will affect our lives tomorrow. So choose wisely. Inevitably, the biggest choice we make is when the Holy Spirit comes to us, whether we accept or reject Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's paramount. Because that last thing said 10, 15, 20 years down the road, this is forever. This choice affects who you are, the real you, forever. Christ comes in and He forgives us for everything we've ever done wrong in the past. And I always like to say, you know, Rick Warren used to say that, that He, he puts our sin in the deepest part of the ocean and puts up a no fishing sign, that we don't go back to that, that He's, he's forgotten it. Plus, He brings us into a life that He empowers us every day to live in this world in which we do, and, and we've got that promise of when He stops that beating heart that we'll be ushered into His presence. There are other choices and important choices that we make in life. Will we get married and to whom? How many kids are we going to have? How to find satisfaction and purpose, fulfillment in life, and answering the question, why am I here? Why do I exist on the face of, of this earth? What do I do about a career or to go to college? What do I believe about the Bible and the church? That's, it's the first gift from God that He gives us that we can't afford to lose is His Word. There are at least three reasons why His Word is a gift. The first one is this. The Word of God is a gift because it's through the Word of God that we discover the heart of God. And how many times have people say, how do I know God? How do I know His heart? It's, it's right here. I believe the Bible is the inspired, authentic, trustworthy, truthful, without error Word of God. It's not just a book about God. It's a book that contains the truth, the Word of God, and is absolute truth, actually. It's the only true absolute in this life. I had a professor in college say, there are no absolutes, but I don't believe that. You have to have an absolute. You have to have something to build your life on. You have to have a foundation. It's what I was talking about last week, that uh, our country is moving from post-Christian to post-truth, and post-truth means that there is no truth. Truth is what you say it is. That, that, that absolute truth is being replaced with feelings, that whatever you feel is right, how dare anybody say that's wrong? And that's, that's kind of, that's where we're headed as a society. And I could rant, get on a rant on that and go on for, this book has really opened my eyes, so to speak, because we live in a world that we live pretty much a sheltered life here. 
but not in other parts, especially on the east and west coast, it seems. Is the Bible going to be my final authority of life, or am I? When I make decisions, do I line them up with this, or is it just what I want to do? When life does not line up with the Word of God, do we change so that our character lines up with the Word of God or not? Or do we live the way that we want and then discount the Word of God and say that that part of the Word does not apply, so we skip it, mark it out, or we just rip it out? Say, you know what? I don't like that part of the Bible. That's not what I believe, so I'm just going to discard that and maybe take it in pieces. Well, you can't do that. It's a full package is the problem. And for those of you that think that I've done a, committed a heinous sin, that's just a regular old book. That's not a Bible. So... <laughs> There are people that that would really bother them, actually, so I didn't. The choice about the authority of the Word of God, Word of God affects so many other life choices. In Genesis 6, we read about an amazing man named Noah. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 9, Noah was a righteous man, and he walked with God. What an amazing life that he must have lived. And we think that, a lot of times we think that life has evolved into something so much different than it was in the past. But this is Genesis 6, mind you. This is still when the earth was quite young and people hadn't been around that long, really. Genesis 6, 11, and 12. Now the earth was corrupt. All the people on earth had corrupted their ways. That is an amazing thing when you see the word all, not just 5% or 10%. All the people of the earth had corrupted their ways. There was sinfulness, there was corruption, ungodliness, and unholiness. However, in the midst of that was Noah, a righteous and godly man. I see a lot of similarities between the world and Noah's time and today. But I'm not going to preach on that this morning. I'm preaching to encourage you to know that it's still possible to live a godly and a holy and a righteous life before God and people. And it depends upon how much authority that you give this in your life, that's pretty much the crux of the matter today of what we're talking about. One of the main reasons Noah was righteous and godly was he's willing to listen and be obedient to the Word of God. Genesis 13, we read, So God said to Noah, the word said used here in Hebrew is the same word used in Genesis 1-3 when we read, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. When God speaks, universes form out of nothing. Chaos turns into order. Where once there was nothing, now there is something, and death turns into life. That is the power in the Word of God. Can you imagine what was happening in the heart of God in the time of Noah? He had created this beautiful earth, put humans on it, and they had corrupted it. it it's like we, we talk about pollution today. I believe that everything that God has given us that was good, man, under the influence of Satan, has found some way to pervert that and make it not so good anymore. Just think about the things that we have in life that make our life better. But nonetheless, in the midst of all that, Noah was one man who still chose to connect to and rely upon God. So God spoke once again. When He spoke to Noah, He shared His heart and purpose because Noah was listening. When I think about that, about somebody that stood true and strong, there's a lot of different people come to mind, but of course Billy Graham always comes to mind for me, that he stood strong and 
a world and we live, and there were people that tried to do, do him in, so to speak, but uh, God protected him, and he held his faith. A lot, there's a lot of people that have done that, and they are my heroes. Uh, Steve's dad, John Hollis, stayed the course. That's a, that's a big deal to be. We look deep into the story of Noah and discover that when God spoke to Noah, it was not primarily about destruction. A lot of people would rather talk maybe about destruction <laughs> than they would something else, but his message was primarily about salvation. I don't want to miss that or reverse it. God had a plan. His plan was to bring salvation to the earth, to redeem us, to rescue us. And today God continues to speak to humankind through his word. He still speaks for salvation and not for destruction, as can be seen in the following scriptures. Of course, John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Peter 3, 9. This is the verse I like to use when people say that God is destructive in the sense that he, he sends people to hell. No, people send themselves there. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He wants everyone in the world to come to him so he can be their father, and he can bless them, and they can have a good life. That is, that is the point behind that. I've heard, I've heard some, some people say and preach before that they're, they're aggravated because people that they love won't come to Christ, so well, they'll get theirs. They're going to burn hell. That's, and sometimes they even almost in glee and smile about it. That really bothers me. And I'll guarantee you, we, there's judgment coming for all of us, and ours is at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, where we are judged for how we believed or how we lived as followers of Christ. We'll suffer loss and reward, but we're in. Now, that other judgment, the great white throne, that's for all the people that have died without Christ, and they have to stand before the throne of God and he sends them to hell in that sense, but really they're sending themselves because they rejected him. If you're able to see God's face, I think you'll be able to see Jesus, but I think he, there'll be tears coming down his face. I've offered you this time after time. I've sent my Holy Spirit to knock on your heart and you, you just ignored it. I, I think it's a it's a sad time, so to say that, uh, that God is going to take joy in that, I don't believe that. God's heart desires that everyone know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's one of the main reasons God continues to speak through His Word. I truly believe that when you and I listen to and are obedient to the Word of God as Noah was, then God can work us to bring salvation, the salvation of Christ into a world of chaos he has you placed where you're at for a reason. It is not by chance. So first, in God's Word, we discover His heart. And second, the Word of God is a gift because it's through the Word of God that we discover the desires of God. Our salvation in Jesus Christ is not the end for the purpose of His Word in our lives. Rather, it's just the beginning. After we've come to faith in Christ, God's desire for us is to grow in the faith, to grow up in godliness, to grow in holiness and continue growing until we, like Noah, finally one day walk with God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What he was saying to Timothy is, Paul was saying that the Word of God is God-breathed. It's the truth of God. It can guide us. It can direct us and teach us the ways of God. We do not just believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but we also learn to align our lives with the Word of God, and that is the purpose in that. So we grow in godliness, in righteousness, and in holiness, and become more and more like Jesus. And His purpose is for us to be little Christ. That's what Christian means, is little, to go out through the world and be what He's called us to be. And this is something I say all the time. And I think it needs to be said. You and I need to be reminded on a regular basis who we are in Christ and what we're supposed to be doing because it's easy to forget it. The world today is much the same chaos how the world was during the time of Noah. And I think God is speaking and challenging you and I to be a people of the book. And He is desiring us to be a people to live within according to His ways and His truth that will build that solid foundation in Christ. And then thirdly, the Word of God is a gift because it's through the Word of God that we discover the power of God. If you've ever seen any blueprints or architectural drawings for a building, many decisions are made in building that building, and they get engineers to read those and to put the plans and then send them to the workers to get the job done actually. But can you imagine if you were building a, a building and you didn't use the blueprints for the electrical system or the plumbing or the air conditioning or the heating system? You just, you, you just kind of put those aside and you just had some guys throw it together. The problem would be massive and frustrating and nothing would work, right, or would even fit. So the outcome is obvious. When we ask those questions about architectural drawings, they just involve a building. Now, think about the same thing for your life and what the Bible tells us how to live, actually. God is the master architect of life. He also is the master of godliness and holiness. And when we choose to align our life with His truths, it's amazing the joy and the peace that we experience in daily living. But on the flip side of that, when our priorities, our motives, our actions vary from the truth of the word of the God, word of God, the result is sadness, it's emptiness, it's chaos, and a lot of times people live miserable lives. Two purposes of the word of God are one to help us discover the heart of God, which is to bring all people to faith in Christ, and then secondly, to help us discover the desire of God, which is for us to grow in faith and godliness. Another purpose of the Word is to help us realize that we cannot live a holy life, a godly life, under our own strength and our own power. We've got to understand who the Holy Spirit is and invite Him to have His work in our lives. Ephesians 6, 12 and 17 reminds us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, 
Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are in a battle, and the enemy is more powerful than we realize. But the one whose book is the book is greater than more powerful than all the enemies that we'll ever face. When we and others face the enemy of sin, the Word of God tells us that we are forgiven in Jesus. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? <laughs> Chorus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Don't forget that. Keep that song in your mind. We face the enemy of guilt and shame. The Word of God tells us that we can be set free in Jesus and can live guilt-free. What, what a blessing that is. Hopelessness, the Word of God brings the hope of Jesus every day, every hour. We can have hope. And when we face the enemies of loneliness, the Word of God assures us of His presence 24-7, 365 days a year. I've been asking people to pray for Logan. Uh, he's in boot camp, Coast Guard. Many of us have been there and done that, so we realize how isolated in a sense that you are. And um, 13 weeks of boot camp, the Marine Corps and uh, went up to Camp Pendleton for ITR, which is Infantry Training Regiment. And during that time, they, you do a week of guard duty or mess. Well, I got, was on guard duty from uh, 8 in the morning till noon and then from 8 at night till midnight. Well, it, got, it's, it was kind of, it was quiet out there, and it was dark, and I was guarding buildings that were empty, actually. But there was a powerhouse that I walked around, and there was a civilian that worked there, and he come out one night and got to talking to me, and I'd have probably got thumped if I'd have been caught, but it was, it was good talking to this guy. He gave me a Bible. This is not the Bible, but he gave me this Bible, and he wrote an inscription in it, and one of the things that he said, he was trying to lead me to Christ, but I was a heathen, and I didn't, it didn't click, but... Anyhow, he said in the scripture in this Bible, said, when you have Christ, you're never alone. Because I was, I was sharing about uh, missing home and that kind of thing. I probably started crying. I, some Marine. <laughs> Here I was standing there with a, a stinking M16 in my hand and a, a loaded cartridge on my belt, and I was, I was crying, you know. So I, I, the Marines didn't like me so much because I, I never, it didn't take for me, but nonetheless... I've never forgot that, that when you're with Christ, you're never alone, and that's... When you face anger and resentment, the Word of God brings the power of the love of Jesus to overcome hatred and grudges. We live in a polarized world. I say that a lot, but man, we see it everywhere. We're divided over everything. It doesn't make any difference. You bring up a subject, somebody will argue with you. It, 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 it doesn't matter. It's like every other person in life's the devil's advocate, it seems. But it's amazing sometimes how the world comes together. That even And this is the whole world to a degree. And those young men in Thailand that got caught in that cave and that flood, people came from all over the world to help them. I, I wish we could do that all the time for each other. One of the most important decisions we will ever make in life is about how much authority 
we give the Word of God in our own lives. And where that is at in your daily activities of 24 hours, where does it just, just lay around? Man, we got enough Bibles to... <laughs> there are, we, we do. We have them. It was one of the things in Russia. They didn't have them, and they wanted them, and passing them out was just an amazing thing that people would stand in line in a bitter cold to get a New Testament. And it's just the way it is, but it's not like that here. But that's, that's a huge decision you have to make. Where, where is that going to play a part in your life? Or if, is the Bible simply a book about God, or is it the Word of God? A book that is authentic, trustworthy, and truthful. To me, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. And my desire is to live my life following Christ and be a man of the book. And today in this world in which we live needs people of the book. Not people that just know about it, but actually know it. So let us be bold as to live our lives according to the truth of the Word of God and hear God's voice as Noah heard it and be obedient. The Holy Spirit comes to us every day if we're, his, if, if we're Christ's followers and it's, it's up to us whether we do anything about it or not. To put you into a hurting world to bring healing to a degree. It's one of the most important choices that you and I will ever make. This young man in this movie called Wood, Woodlawn gives his inspired speech to some young men who was having some problems getting along because of prejudice. So I want you to watch this. Listen closely. Hey guys, let's settle down. Bring it in. Guys, hey, hey, settle down. We have a motivational speaker here. You guys don't mind? Hey, guys. I got it. Good luck. Hey, everybody. My name's Hank. Hey, Hank. I'm not a coach. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a counselor. In fact, nobody asked me to come here today. But I look at what happened this afternoon, and I think, aren't you sick of it? I mean, I'm sick of it. I'm not even from here. But does this kind of thing happen so much that it just feels normal? I mean, you don't know me. You've never seen me before. But what would you say if I told you that 100% without fail, it doesn't have to be this way? Birmingham has seen nothing but hate for so long. It has lost its ability to believe. Let me tell you what Jesus said. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And that means something to me. Because I let it mean something to me. I'll tell you something else that seems crazy. Only it's not. I love you. I care about you. Each and every one of you. I care about what you've seen. I care about what you've been through. I care about your pain. So does God. Jerry. He loves you What's so going on? Much. He said five minutes. He's been here for an hour. We need to wrap this up. Oh, Hold up. In your place. <laughs> I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but... Forgive me. 
Just give the guy a chance. We ain't got nothing else to lose. You don't know me, but I'm asking you anyway to stand up right now, right here, and make a decision. A decision to change, to forgive, to be forgiven. No matter what you've done, that's how much God loves you. I'm asking you to choose Jesus. Can you do that? Will you do that? With me. Right now. I'm asking you to stand right now if you choose Christ. Father, we love you. We believe in you. We want to follow you. That's not always an easy task. And I just pray for us, Lord, that we love your word, that we use it as our guide in life. Give us direction to give us peace and comfort and soothe our troubled hearts sometimes and give us great hope. So that's my prayer here this morning. And Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that they might come. If they want to know and they could come down here and there's people that love them, want to pray for them and show them how to, how to know you, Father. Or if there's anybody here that's got a burden they want to help, somebody to shoulder that and to pray with them as well. This place is always open down here. Um, there are people here that, uh, that, that love you. So right now, Holy Spirit, uh, we lift this service, this time up to you that you might guide and direct. And as we have said this morning, Lord, as Noah did, that we might listen to your voice and be obedient. We love you, God, and we can't say that enough. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.